It's Vancouver's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. I'm Angela Fay, hub builder and co-host of British Columbia's podcasts, part of the Canada's Podcast Network, your source for great insights from entrepreneurs from across Canada. We talk to entrepreneurs who are making it happen here so you can listen, discover, and engage. Today, we're talking to Corey Croft, who is an accidental entrepreneur and founder of Fly Elegant Press, an independent book publishing company operating out of Vancouver, BC. Focusing on delivering non-commercial works of fiction in electronic and hard copy formats and creating open-ended discourse through official publications and blogs, the company has a hard-to-forget slogan, which you'll hear in Corey's Canada podcast and view on his website. It's also his guiding principle for both content and delivery, so we look forward to hearing more from you, Corey. Corey's from Surrey, BC, Canada, self-described as a user of gallows humor help him stumble gracefully into a meaningless world. He avoids eye contact with strangers and doesn't understand most kinds of science. As a child, he was taken to church every Sunday and worried that every time it rained, it would rain biblically. And as an adult, the rain is pretty good for writing and sleeping. Corey, welcome to Canada's podcast. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we've met before and, and I've done a lot of research on a little bit of your background. You are armed with a master's degree in urban studies, and you have seven years of hospitality. So it's completely unexpected, perhaps, but uh, it's been a creative journey. Tell me about your entrepreneurial story and how you got here. Oh, yeah. Well, like I think mostly like anyone, it kind of came out of half necessity, half desperation. I mean, I did the master's degree, and I really, really wanted to get a job in my field. It just wasn't happening, and um, it was frustrating. So I became frustrated with the hospitality industry because that wasn't what I wanted to do. It wasn't what I thought I should be. I wanted to use my degree, but no one open doors. I probably sent out uh, for anyone who's kind of in a similar situation. Around 13 to 1,500 CVs and individual cover letters globally, Canada, U.S., anywhere really. Uh, hundreds of forums and message boards. Any kind of door to knock, I was trying to throw my foot through it, get coffee sessions and informational interviews, and none of that was really working out. So for me, I, uh, I'd always wanted to write. I always wanted to write. I'd never really taken any classes or anything particular, but I've, I've seen some things, and that can tell a story. <laughs> and uh, basically, one of the things was I just always had certain ideas and I was like, oh, when you get some time, we'll do it. When you get some time, we'll do it. But I kind of found myself on a day off with time and something crossed my mind and it made me chuckle. And I was like, ah, ah, be good for a story. And I was like, ah, when I have time, I'll write it. And I kind of looked around and I was just kind of drinking a coffee and not doing much. And I was like, whoa. I was a little more impactful than whoa, but whoa, like I can do this right now. So I just kind of started and it kind of coincided with um, really needing a creative outlet that hospitality and nothing else had really afforded me. So I just kind of started one day. I said, you're going to write a thousand words a day for 30 days and see where that takes you. And yeah, see if anything kind of solidifies and if you enjoy it. And I think I've, except for if I've gone traveling, I really haven't missed a day. And that was a 
Well, and just getting to know you a little bit, you know, what work do you do right now? I mean, in your entrepreneurial pursuits, not in your employment pursuits. Oh, yeah. So what I realized as I was sending out my, my stories, getting editing, all the editors, anyone who had read it, was like, whoa, like, I enjoy this. It's like, man, like this is, you might have to change quite a bit of things to make it conform to a more mainstream appeal. And kind of looked at it, I was like, oh, I've never really been a mainstream guy, you know? <laughs> Yeah, like I like <laughs> I like all kinds of things, but I wouldn't just classify anything as falling into a pigeonhole. So I kind of looked at my options, and opening my own publishing company was the most viable. And from then on, it's been about building brands. So social media, kind of, as people want to do in that case, you know, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all the little guys around, uh, and, you know, the constellations of other kind of uh, ways of broadcast, and then. Just kind of, I've been trying to build a brand through the website as of January and um, really just trying to get the message out there, which is to come in and take a look more than anything else. When I'm intrigued by your story, you are in startup mode, right? You just said the starting in January, but you do, you do have a stated crew, right? You have crew. You've got black coffee, cigarettes, and dread. Talk to me a little bit through those. So I'll start with the uh, black coffee, which is something I, I don't know. My mom might get mad if she sees it. It's weird based on black coffee, man. Like, it's just one of the things you hear most when you go to visit my parents' house. My brothers and I are there is fresh pot, which means someone just threw a fresh pot up. And everyone in my family drinks coffee pretty much black. So it's one of those things. And then as for cigarettes, go. I've quit a couple of times. Um, but I'm a pretty anxious person. I have to be doing some with my hands, with my mouth. And I was born just on the last little bit of, oh, this is cool, James Dean, right? And so I <laughs> I don't have a lot of necessarily things that I would say are, I, I enjoy, I enjoy sports, I enjoy certain things, but I'm, I'm not a big drinker, I don't really use drugs, so that's kind of, that's the guy. That's it's your vice, those exactly. Are my, those are my guys, yeah. And as far as the dread goes, oh man. Like, I don't know anyone alive who doesn't, you know, walk around with pocket full of, you know, some kind of negative or pessimistic or even just almost like doom present thoughts. So it's one of those things that people tend to hide, act like everything is okay, pretend that it doesn't exist, you know, mortality. And I like to embrace those thoughts. I like to really go in, you know, uh, kind of get into the guts of my own psyche as well as looking at others and then just try and flesh out kind of um, deeper meanings and look at interesting or diverse ways of uh, analyzing, you know, such a phenomena. So Corey, do you have a mantra or an inspirational quote that you consistently refer to? Yeah, I do. Uh, on the website, I think you're greeted by the first thing it says is the little shield logo that we made. Uh, and it's going to be fly fell compressed. And then right below that, in big blue letters, it's going to kind of spot. Well, we're going to delve a little bit into that in a little bit later on the podcast. But I mean, right now we've got a little bit of dread. We've got a little bit of, you know, independent as fuck. We've got uh, non-mainstream publishing happening. What keeps you up at night? Oh, thinking about it all. I'll be coffee. I mean, I drink coffee completely throughout the day. That should keep you up all fucking night. But uh, no, for the most part, it's just... It'd be like when you get a thought like that, when you have a great story to tell, when you have like a captivating discourse that you want to try and enmesh, 
or at least kind of like uh, untangled, then it's like taking a loose string and just keep pulling at it, pulling at it, pulling at it, and then probably rebasing some math and then just pulling at it some more by the time midnight hits. So I don't advocate math, obviously, but like that's the feeling. It's like that's the feeling that gets inside of your head is that it's a pursuit, but it's something even more almost spiritual, really. You just, you're not only do you, I want to tell a great story, but I want to read a great story. And uh-huh. I, I enjoy reading my own stuff. I look at that and I'm like, this guy. But like, that's the thing is, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a pursuit of, I don't want to say perfection, but it's a pursuit of something indelible and something lasting that kind of keeps you up and makes you want to kind of just put your entire body and mind into it. Okay, so let's talk about putting all your body and mind into fly pelican breasts. You know, never being boring is another one of your mantras, right? Uh, Definitely not mainstream. Tell me, why do you believe that there's a need for your independent publishing platform? I would say there's numerous independent publishing platforms, but they tend to cater to a specific demographic, whether that be... uh, a certain gender, a certain race, a certain social movement. I'm happy to admit that mine's pretty free of any uh, any any uh, any strings or any kind of linear perspective. Mine can be broken into twofold, I guess. One is to kind of I'm a huge believer of freedom of speech, and uh, what I mean by that is I don't necessarily think that all speech is acceptable or should be said to somebody. But if someone wants to use hurtful language or says something that I disagree with. I don't have to associate with them or be around them. That's the right. free speech is being able to make the choice if you can, whether or not you want to associate or even kind of be around a group or a person based on how they choose to use that as either a weapon or as a tool. Secondly is, I guess, I was reading my blog today, kind of the, the catalog where I didn't, a common theme that comes up is to be yourself and to be comfortable in your own thoughts and your own skin. One of the things I was kind of thinking about as I was reading it was what scares me is you can't necessarily control the ideas and thoughts that come into your head. A lot of people will choose to flip them and kind of push them away and be like, oh, I don't want to go down that road. I myself, on a personal level, like to go down that road or into that swamp and wade around in the murky water. You know, it's one of those things where you're not going to learn anything about yourself if you're not willing to do a deep dive and investigate you know, beyond where the water is and the gravel temperature. So it's largely, it would be if it connects with people and the reason why it's out there and they would like to connect with it is because it's a platform where you can just be yourself. I mean, you can just kind of express what's going on inside of you and work it out in the most insane or chaotic ways that you want, however that works, you know? Cool. So it's I have a little bit of privilege because we've spoken before, uh, knowing that um, you've got a couple of books that have already been published and you're launching another one this fall. I have one book out already. One's going to be released September 1st and we have another one uh, lined up for December 1st. Okay, cool. And what, but one of your goals ultimately is to also work with other collaborators, right? Other authors that want to express themselves like that. So if you could describe one to two ideal clients or collaborators, if you like. Could you give me a sense, and I know you said, you know, we don't want to pigeonhole your niche, but what would be their style or their story or their mission? What impact would their writing and creativity invoke 
And what time and investment do you do they need to make to be able to work with you? Okay, I, I go with the style first. Um, I don't put a fence around anybody's style. Uh, they can definitely present to me any particular style or form or narrative, characters, art. It doesn't matter. What matter to me is, and it's not. I'm not. I wouldn't even use a buzzword like alt or non-commercial. It's just I stand by the quality, and the quality being that of it's not a cookie cutter story with with overused tropes. It's almost like it's written by written via marionette strings where you're like, okay, here's the beginning, here's the end. Da, 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 da. Put it this way. When I read something and I'm overwhelmed by it or overjoyed, it's never something that I've really found like kind of it's uh, one of the person's picks at a bookstore. You know, it's one of those things where it could be as easy as like a story in the back of a pulp fiction magazine from whatever, but it's something that inverts those tropes. It's something that doesn't play by the rules of structure. It's something that doesn't have a happy ending because the author wants you to walk away feeling fuzzy and angry and warm. It's something that challenges the reader. It doesn't even have to be uh, uh, filthy or it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to go out of its way to be dark or depressing or, or, or dreadful. It just has to be something visceral that you feel. Something that something that takes care and something that takes pride and something that says, no, I know this is a great story. And with this much editing, I can make like a, you know, a normal kind of rising action, falling action thing, but I like it the way I did it. It's that kind of stubbornness of creative creativity and artistic integrity that I really value. So I want to pick up on a couple of your sentiments, uh, visceral and challenging and you know i i kind of had this pretense when we first started that you weren't quite ready for canada's podcast because you weren't yet ready to bring in clients you know we ended up talking for like an hour and i was totally seduced but here's where you have already led me out of my comfort zone right we have a little bit of a script that, that we uh and stick to here at canada's podcast because we know what our listeners like i am going way off script okay i'm totally in brand with independent as fuck when <laughs> in this conversation. So here are a few questions for you. You say and that you write about misheard song lyrics. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Name one and tell us what you think the mass has heard and then what you heard. It's not honestly, it's not even a popular song. I'm trying to remember the song name. It's off. Uh, it's a song by a group called Atmosphere. Right? It's a hip hop group from Minneapolis. It's uh, they had a fairly big album. It's called God Loves Ugly. And I was like walking down. And I was going through some lady problems, so I was breaking up with a girl. And I was like listening to it. And it's it's not the most like happy music. The guy's like, it's a little depressing. And uh, I was just I was on like a random shuffle kind of on the on a, on a playlist. But the guy said, "Now my only friends." is a rope and a rafter, which is dark, but that's not what I heard. I heard blah, blah, blah. My only friend is a rafter. And I was, <laughs> oh, shit. I was like, imagine having a rafter as a friend, get into all kinds of hijinks. And I heard that. And like, I, I hadn't listened to the song again. I went home and honestly, I just kind of was like, oh, I have a really good idea. And I just kind of, and I'm actually publishing the story in the next month. Um, on my website as kind of like a thank you to my followers and getting ready for the launch. And 
it, I won't say what exactly happens, but basically this it's doing like a Kafka-esque kind of backdrop where a, a guy wakes up one morning next to a raptor. And it seems like a very simple premise when you're reading the book. Like, I know what's happening. What is stupid? It's one of my favorite things I've ever written. And then I went back and listened to it, and I was like, ah, oh, thanks. What? Well, and so we usually finish the podcast with some rapid-fire questions, but I'm actually going to bring it into the middle of this podcast for you. So you say you write about right. drugs, sexuality, mental illness, dinosaurs, real and imaginary places, zombies, addiction, weapons, fire, yeah. <laughs> love, <laughs> villains, killing, racism, robots, yourself, murder, religion. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to get to know Corey here a little bit. Okay, so uh, what religion are you? It's not even worth thinking about. Why not? Because that, I mean, a really quick answer, man. I'm really more of like an absurd fellow. So the way I look at the world is through these eyes, right? So if it's something, I try and make sense out of it in my own head. If I can't do that, then I'm going to lose my mind. If I, I don't need another scope or I don't need another purview to kind of guide me. I'm pretty capable of looking at things and analyzing them myself and making sense out of myself. That's why my writing, I feel is so like how it is because I look at something and depending on feeling that day or how what I'm being kind of influenced by reading or just how my thoughts are going that is gonna tint the lenses of how I'm perceiving something and I was raised Catholic I'll have you know but I come from a long line of lapsed Catholics I'm sure you're not the only one, but, um, okay, I'm going to jump right to murder here. So can you describe in brevity a murder scene that you've written about? I mean, I think there's usually one, there's usually like murder in almost all my writing, I would say. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, the first book that I wrote, Coward, a uh, novel, so there's probably a good, I don't know, I think the, the guy counts, he's like, I think there's like 30-something murders in there. Uh, they're pretty, and they're, and in that book, it's funny too because they're taken pretty offhand, like at at face value, for no different than changing a five into you know a two and three one. But there's also in the next book, there's unfortunate murder. Um, in some books, there's a more there, it's, there's generally anti heroes that don't see murder as being much more than a duty and a part of life. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so it, it just depends. It's, it's not so much a, a vehicle, um, so much as um, an event that just happens. Gotcha. Okay, Corey, what do you know about love? Oh, yeah, I've had that before. It's pretty good when it happens and sucks <laughs> when it away. I think, that, I think, I don't know if I've ever written this, like maybe I have, but to me, love is like, a, it's like an insane winter or summer. When it's happening, like right now in Vancouver, it's like, oh man, it's like 30, it's so hot. But, and so when you're in love, you you acknowledge that love is being, oh, whew, you know, ah, goddamn. Then there's always those summers and those winters. Like I lived in Montreal and it was minus 40 daily. So even when it's cold out here, and you know, I've never had to get my parka in Vancouver. And then you remember those winters and you're like, Jesus age, that was fucking cold, but, and, you just remember those winters. You remember those great ones, those loves you've had in your life. And they stay with you. And almost by dialectic, they change you. So weapons are on your list of things you write about. Yeah. What's, what's your favorite 
weapon to write about? Oh, I can show you. Yeah, show us, show us, show us. Oh, I just got a bunch of copies of uh, Furious to mail out and to get for promotional uses. So my baby brother, uh, his name's Spencer, same last name. Uh, he does all my art. He's a fantastic artist. Uh, I make them go very simple, much to the chagrin, but that's my favorite weapon. I don't even know what that is, but oh, it looks It's a bat with spikes hit through it. Yeah, or <laughs> nails or railroad spikes, stopping spikes, whatever. Gotcha. Yeah. Get on the little bro for putting that into a perfect graphic. I actually have that tattooed on my side as well. Ah, interesting. So one, two, or three addictions that you've experienced? Oh, man, as an Irish person or Irish descent, I probably shouldn't say any because that's what we do. We just say we like stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm addicted to coffee. Uh, I'm addicted to cigarettes. Um, and if you want to talk about love, I've been addicted to that, too. I used to really like my drink. I just don't do it very much because I can't afford to waste the day the next day. And beyond that, just I, I have a very frighteningly habitual personality, almost like almost like ghastly. So whenever I kind of felt myself start to seep into a new flavor, you know, new ice cream, then I would quickly just separate myself from that and be like, okay, that's. That's a bad idea because, I mean, I, I come from a city, Senate, Surrey. When you get to look around, you see kind of what addiction to some to that right. stuff. Yeah, and then eventually your face is going to look the same as everybody else with all the lines and high cheekbones. So you don't want to look like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I get it. You know, I got to bring it up because you write about it. So let's not hide it. What is the most sensual position that you couldn't do without? Okay, favorite type of dinosaur? Oh, knee-jerk is raptor, but it, I, I like stegosaurus because you gotta love those spines, man. You gotta love those spines. And, and that snake tail, that sharp tail, looks like it's like that. But I, I grew up, I, I saw the original Jurassic Park when it came out in theaters, man. Those raptors are terrifying. Those little, little guys. Turns out they have feathers, but what are you gonna do? <laughs> All right. So, you know, I've been reading a little bit of your writing online, right? Uh, tell me, uh, I'm just going to get serious for a second. Okay. Tell me about your friend. Oh, yeah. The one that wasn't allowed to die. I got a lot of heat for that because people, so I am a huge comic book fan. Like, I would go to say nerd. I love, I love me comic books, mostly Marvel, but like, I don't read a good DC book in there. And the movies, I'm obsessed with the movies. And Infinity War came out. And I've seen that on Netflix probably like 50 times. Like, it's just my go-to. Like, if I wanted a little bit of noise, was it put it on? You like, look up, like, oh, yeah. So I saw Endgame, and uh, I was like, I, I always was a Captain America guy. Never was before I read the book Civil War, where he kind of has his reasons. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I always thought he was like some, like, some, like, masterpiece 
Like that was amazing. I was blown away. And I was, I left the theater and I was like sad. I was like, damn, when I thought about it. Cause the one thing, like no matter how, no matter what you do, like most, one of the super important things is to give yourself time to think about how you feel about stuff. Don't just brush off an experience. It's nothing. Like if something affects you even a little bit, you should owe yourself like to hey, take the money. Hey, to give yourself some time to reflect that that that's important and i was thinking about it because i'm pretty narcissistic i related it back to myself quite a bit mm. wow that that is a that's crazy and like i guess you you like characters you identify with and you vilify characters who you identify with for negative reasons so i tended to almost uh push away from tony because you know he's arrogant he's uh <laughs> He's all these things. And I started looking at the less superficial traits and more like that psychology. And I was like, God damn, he's just like a scared dude who wants to just do right and protect people and all let me a thing. So I'm gonna uh, sorry, I'm gonna cut you that your comment about giving yourself time to, you know, feel um, is I, I'm gonna share my experience of reading your blog and yeah. what it what it was like to read some of Corey's work is I saw this blog post that, you know, said my dead friend and I started reading your work and it immediately, I, I had an image of a real person, right. And, and your friend, because I, you know, because I know you, I, I imagine what that person looks like and the, and you totally took me through the whole entire story and I couldn't help but personify my own experience overlaid by right because yeah you know some tra tragedy and trauma happens to us all um but i could i was totally into the feeling of what was going on for you and then there was like this one line at the bottom yeah which is by tony stark right and i just went oh my god the sense of relief so i can just tell you that my experience in just reading that blog post went from high and anxiety and and total emotion down to like total release right just just quick release of oh thank god it was tony stark he's talking about but i was totally enraptured so i just wanted to give a little plug that you know i just loved your style of writing totally engaging one thing about that last one my mom yeah. texted me 911 like my mom texted me she's like oh my god who died and i got a ton of messages yeah 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 before they got to the bottom no, they got to the bottom and they just thought Tony was like, they weren't into the thing. Yeah. yeah I'm from Thank Tom. God for pop culture and my kids watching Marvel comics. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have like been Googling, oh my God, who's but uh, I want to bring it back a little bit to the entrepreneur audience here that's listening for us. You're, I mean, you're based in Vancouver and you were born and raised in the area? Yeah, from Surrey. So, born and raised in Surrey. I've yep. been a few times and I've been in Vancouver now for a good decade. Okay. Talk me through the benefits and challenges of uh, doing business in Vancouver from your perspective. I mean, the, the benefits of it, I can start with that because, um, I mean, it's a pretty, it's a city where things can grow and flourish organically. Um, there's a lot of networking. So there's a lot of, it's a small city, very small city and super small when you kind of, uh, when, you, when you really look at people in certain industries. So in that sense, it has a pretty fertile soil to plant your seeds and to try and make something of yourself, work the connections, kind of get around. The weather's agreeable, so people aren't uh, hesitant to go out and do things at all times. 
Um, it depends which industry I believe to. And um, yeah. Well, let me ask specifically, I mean, whether it's in um, startup generally or publishing specifically, um, what are three essential resources that you use, uh, whether it's, you know, peer networking or conferences or events or a business association that you turn to that you could recommend to other entrepreneurs? At this point, the, I've never, I'll, I'll be quite honest, like that's where I'm trying to really cut my teeth is in the marketing aspect and getting my name out there. That's the hard part, especially when it comes, you know, especially with books, it is more of an investment. It's not a mixed state. It's not a, a, a skit. It's something where you have to sit down and devote your time to it and your attention. Um, but for me, like I've hooked up with some pretty good people, uh, more online, but they are local. I was looking for someone local who's allowed me to use kind of like the, the social media platforms, kind of like contest platforms, things like that. Okay. So I find uh, those to be quite good. Um, I'm still kind of getting, we're still kind of planting those seeds in the city itself. Because at the same time, I mean, we have the ability to act so globally now. So we have the ability Absolutely. to do it concurrently. So if you set your, if you set your, you know, your, your, your target small, then you're, you have a smaller chance if you widen the radius. So we're trying like a kind of a multi-pronged effort to campaign, I guess. Well, and, and so let's be specific. What, uh, what platforms do you use the most? I would use, I mean, like Facebook and Instagram are really good, really digestible yep. platforms because you can add images to that. You can give a quick little blurb. You can post links a lot of the time to mm-hmm. other places. Uh, those are good. Um, we've been using Goodreads, so for authors. Goodreads, okay, Goodreads, yeah. Like that. Um, there's a, a number of, I can't remember where the names are off the top of my head, but there's a bunch of kind of platforms you can give away free books or offer free books for reviews. And then, oh, well, I mean, then you have the big ones. You have, like, Kirkus. Uh, you have, like, Barnes & Noble. You have the ones that are more just huge companies. But once again, you want to try and find a more niche kind of avenue just so you can appeal to people who might be more likely to actually read and then actually like your material, given that it's not commercial. Going through a commercial uh, vein can be a little pernicious for myself and the reader if they don't know they're about to get hit in the face Okay, Corey, how do you recharge or get inspired or even recreate yourself? Oh, so I, I like I like training. I've always been pretty yep. uh, athletic. So I usually, I don't, like I said, I'm ridiculously habitual and routine-based to a fault. So I tend to do the same thing roughly every day. Uh, you know, wake, I wake up usually around 7, 7.30. I'll go to the gym for a couple hours, come back, lunch, and then I'll write. I'll write and I'll write or edit or do business. Uh, I work at an afternoon night job, so I work in a restaurant, and I usually be there three till maybe eleven or twelve, and then I'll come back and work until one, two, depending on when I get off, depending on what the what it is. Normally, the way I recharge is I go, I travel. So uh-huh. yeah, I've been in restaurants a while, and what I would do is I usually put down. Uh, I'll take like notebooks with me. I won't take my computer because I don't always go to the nicest places. But I uh, take a notebook or two with me and then travel for like a month and a half straight. Camp out, stay in hostels, do whatever, and uh, meet people, have experiences, get into some dicey situations, and then <laughs> come back. That's an inspiration for your next yeah. book, right? Yeah, with a deluge of kind of new perspective and thoughts. And <laughs> a way to kind of let all those 
almost that, that, that flux of thought coagulate and just when you get back, you just can't wait to kind of start writing and start doing the work again if you start getting a little burnt out. So uh, traveling as a way to get recharged is a perfect segue into a bit of our signature question here on Canada's podcast. If you were deserted on a beautiful tropical island with uh, no internet and no real modern technology, there was an old phone booth sitting in the corner and uh, you could make one call for somebody to come pick you up. How long would you last on this island and who would you call to come pick you up? Well, I don't know if you can pick this up on your camera, but I'm pretty white. I'm a pretty pale fellow. So I, would, uh, I, would, I don't know how long I would last if there is no, uh, no shade. But uh, I would probably call, uh, I'd call my mom, you know. She gets, uh-huh. She's a hustler, man. My mom was a So I'd call her and she would, you know, she, was, she loves the babies. She loves my brothers and I. And I, I owe her a lot, you know. So I would, I'd call her and... She speaks me out of a jam or two when I was younger, you know, because she doesn't I look forward to meeting your mumba day for sure. Um, Corey, how, what's the best way for people to connect with you post-podcast? Oh, man. I mean, anyway, really. I mean, like I said, the social media, so Fly Pelican Press or Fly Pelican is uh, Instagram, Facebook. The website uh, has a connect contact section. Okay, Corey, it was fantastic having on you on Canada's podcast. Thanks. Appreciate it. Hey there, thanks for taking the time today to listen to British Columbia's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes. Connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or at canadaspodcast.com. You can check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. I'm Angela Fay. See you next time.